Well, welcome everybody. Tonight we have a special guest that Rob's having me introduce because she's one of my special friends. Well, I'm, I'm, I met you through David, so I, I figured let's have, let's have David Glinky yeah. introduce a guest yeah. tonight. Yeah. It's a returning guest, though. Yeah, it's a returning guest. By yes. high demand. By high demand. One of the things that uh, when we had Sonia on the first time is that we were talking about she's done work in the missions field and a lot of the places that she has gone to and it's similar to this, uh, the, the pastor that we had speak this last Sunday. They've been in places where there's true black and white, good and evil. Where in the United States, we've got the dabble and all these shades of gray. Right, right. And so what we wanted to talk about tonight, with a lot of other things, is that how does God speak to us in the goods and the evils as opposed to these shades of gray that in some ways the United States has got the dabble in and being somewhat of a blessing to not have to be in a situation that we are now. And we talked about it before, is we're in a point now, like you're saying, you have to choose what direction you're going to, you have to choose how you're going to stand up. And this is what you've been doing. You've been a great example of that. So I think that's one of the conversational pieces and that's why we're excited about having her on again tonight. Happy to have you with us, Sonia. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Seriously, a, a, a number of folks said, when is she coming back on? They were, they were stoked about you. Yeah. And, and just to refresh everybody, I, I don't remember what episode it was. It wasn't that, that long back, but we, we covered the fact that here you are, five foot, maybe something, little. <laughs> she rounds uh, up to five yeah, two. Five two. <laughs> yeah, you're, she's wearing heels, five three. And, and you're, you're contending in some of the, the most intense places on the on the planet in front of folks demonically that are physically far superior and walking in in the spirit of the Lord and diffusing a situation and watching peace come into a village that God has brought you into. And it, it wasn't by physical power, right? but it was by spiritual insight and prayer and understanding that we're not battling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And this is going to be new to a number of folks tuning in because, you know, a lot of folks tune into the program because we're dealing with political issues and we're standing in opposition to draconian measures. And, and folks don't know a lot about Christianity. And this is a side that kind of creeps people out, quite frankly. And, you know, we, we, we kind of flew over the surface of it a little bit, didn't go real deep because I, I just didn't want to get people totally freaked out, but people wanted a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I can't think of a better guest than yourself to put a, a, a lovely face on a really difficult topic. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? That's the best way I can navigate it. Okay, so what's so interesting is that we have a fascination with the demonic in movies and films. This is true. So I talked to a lot of people that are non-Christians and um, helped do a ministry, helped uh, with a ministry in England that ministered to specifically non-Christian people. And they were very familiar with the demonic. Well, so, well Rynette Senum, the mayor of Nevada City, self-professing non, non-Christian and, and stating herself, um, even as a secular, progressive, lesbian, liberal, that's, that's her own labeling. Description. Yeah. Description. 
and, and by no means is that an insult on, on my behalf. I was, uh, she was one of my favorite guests. I'm hoping to see her oh, tomorrow. Yeah. All uh, right. I was really blessed by that. Yeah. I learned a lot by watching that one. Yeah. And, and yeah. you saw with Rynette that, that she recognizes evil. And, and this is... Absolutely. You know, I didn't think yeah. it existed. I didn't think there was good and evil, but there is. So if, if there's good, then there has to be evil. And if there's evil, there has to be good. Right, right. And um, so being small in stature, it helps to have the Holy Spirit, right? And demonic... Even being large in stature. <laughs> being large in stature. No, the we thing just of, have more room for the exactly, Holy Spirit to right? be. Exactly, <laughs> right? Sorry. He's always trying to justify. I've seen... I've seen kids, um, children that are demon-possessed that have great strength and that will... I was working for the state of Washington years ago, years ago when I was studying the Bible and I volunteered to be um, a, a supervisor for a family that wanted to have visitation rights with their children. And um, little eight-year-old twin girls. So during the evening, one of the evenings, the girl was taking a nap. She woke up. The mom went to the kitchen. She was making a dinner. And I was just there with the kids talking. And the little girl spoke in a man's voice, in a man's voice. And she said she was going to kill herself. Like a like Linda Blair exorcist yeah. kind of... Yeah, crazy. Got the it. mom just freaked out, like, oh, my goodness, what's happening to my daughter? And so I told her, I said, that's a demon. It's not your daughter. It's something, it's a spirit that's in your daughter. And, and she, did, she was like, well, we need to get rid of that. What are we going to do about it, you know? Uh, we ended up doing an exorcism. They called it, the state called it, and then they took me to court. Uh, they wanted to sue the church. Um, but they couldn't do anything to us because um, all we did was pray for her. Yeah. And the demons did manifest, and they did come out, and the little girl got baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was a sweet thing, and she was um, soft. She was very sweet, um, and she got delivered. But she was going to kill herself, and the mom was scared to death. Like, my daughter's going to kill herself tonight, and she wasn't with her. She was in a foster care situation. So that was an example of having a demonic presence in a little kid. Yeah. And it was a real man's voice. I'm not making it up, right? The mom heard it, saw it, and it freaked her out. Yeah. Yeah. I would ask you a little bit of discernment on it because my, my um, experiences with demonic things is watching, or I'm sorry, reading This Present Darkness by... Uh, Neil Peretti. Yeah. yeah, Frank Peretti, I uh, think. Frank Peretti, yeah. excuse me. And so, so when you talk about something like that, my brain, and I've brought this up to a couple of people that have asked you to come back, they can't process that. I- I don't know, because most people, if you have a talk with them, I mean, some people are put off by Christians. Some people don't understand the Bible, and, they're, and maybe they're put off by that. But if you talk to them about their spiritual experiences, most people, I think, most people that I t- talk to will have had some sort of connection with the spiritual world, and they're very aware of it. 
-hmm. They're very, they have different words that they use. There's a different language that's used, but I think people do, people know that we're physical beings, but we all are spiritual beings. We all are a yeah. spiritual being in a physical body. The Bible says in, in Thessalonians, uh, it uses three Greek words to describe the human makeup. It's a trichotomy. Mm. Uh, the Greek words are soma, then psyche, then pneuma. Soma would be the body, the basic elements that constitute what we are uh, physically. And then the, the psyche would be the intellect, the ability to reason, which is unique to humanity. But then the pneuma is the spirit of God. And the spirit departs with sin and, and this idea that we're now driven either by the psyche or the soma. And typically the soma drives the psyche. And, and, and we can be a, a, you know, a two-part being missing a third component. But just so everyone understands so it doesn't get convoluted and strange. Uh, and, and I think this is what makes it so simple for me. Mm -hmm. That freedom is really why Christ came. Yeah. Yeah. And, and freedom from that which seeks to enslave us. Mm -hmm. We have total freedom in his presence, abiding by his will, because that's how we've been created. This, this is considered to be good because it is doing what it was designed to do. It's designed to hold water. Mm -hmm. So it's a good vessel. If it was leaking, it would be a bad vessel. Whatever it's been designed to do, if it's operating in that capacity, it's good. Mm -hmm. As humans, we've been created to glorify God. It's not as though he's egotistical and needs the glory. He realizes that in him, we find the fullness of joy. Mm -hmm. And we operate in the context for which we were created to have complete fellowship with him. Now, sin separates us. And then that's where the breakdown comes. You can use this smartphone as a hammer, but it wasn't designed for a hammer. And it may be able to hit a nail for a little bit, but then it'll crack and break. That's not the tool for that. You can operate outside the way you were designed to operate. You'll survive for a season, but you'll break down. The, the mental capacity will break down. Physically, you'll break down. And we look at humanity operating outside the context of God's will and it's just uh, a series uh, of, of different possessions being, being enslaved to something yeah. that has taken, taken capacity of our lives in one of those three trichotomies that we were never intended to do. Right. And so and we break down. We, you know, I know in my life, the Bible says that the spirit is supposed to be the head. The Spirit of God in us. So when I invite Christ, invite the Holy Spirit in, into me, and I, and that is the the head. That is the one that's going to lead my mind and my emotions. Because I can't trust my emotions. But I don't. I, I the idea that emotions are nothing. No, God created emotions. I believe they're a signpost. When confusion hits me. Um, and the scripture says that Satan is the author of confusion. Exactly. Yeah. But when it happens, I realize I'm upside down. Right. My head is trying to lead my spirit. My spirit is, is frustrated. And it's, I mean, it's just like, 
<laughs> my head and my mind will be, you know, fighting my spirit. It's upside down. But if I put myself in order and, and, and tell my mind and my emotions to be quiet, be still, be quiet, stop. And know, and know that he is God. And they will kick and scream like a five-year-old, like, no, I'm, I'm right, I'm right. It's like, no, you're not. Uh, but, I'll give you an example of what you're describing. Tell me if I'm accurate. I, I think this is a good example. Uh, we'd, had, we'd done the live stream. Uh, we finished late that evening. We went over to the house. We had a number of things. I was sitting with Bob Sitcher going over some other stuff mm-hmm. that I'm dealing with across the state. Uh, we end up finishing about 1.30 in the morning. I've got to get up at 6. I've mm-hmm. got a 9 a.m. flight LAX. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've got to get up at 6. It's already 2 o'clock by the time I'm... So I'm, I'm looking at four hours. And I hadn't had a lot of sleep prior. And I got to fly to Virginia. As I'm going to bed, I set my alarm for 6. Realizing later, than in the next morning, that I'd set it for 6 p.m. Because I was oh. so tired. Mm. Thank God I wake up at 7 but I've got to be at LAX. This is, this is rush hour, morning traffic, good luck. And I haven't packed yet. So by the time I, I just shove things in a suitcase and get in the car, it's 728. And, and you're a pilot. You know leaving at 728 for a 9 a.m. flight. You, you pushing it. Yeah, yeah pushing <laughs> it is, is generous. Right, plus you have to go through security. Got to go through security. There's a ton of stuff. You don't have to. So I'm, I'm scrambling. And the first thing I did is I called you. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you talk about the six degrees of separation that you can connect with anyone in the world. With David, it's just one degree of separation. He's like the fixer. I just call him, David, I'm, I'm not going to make this flight. And he'll figure something out. He's amazing that way. I great gave blessing. you the parking pass. <laughs> he's, a, he's a great blessing in my life. But you don't answer. Right. Because you're doing what I would have liked to have been doing, sleeping. Yeah. And I called you again, didn't answer. And, and, and I just, here I am, driving in the car. And I thought, you know, Lord, I, I'm, I've got a hard deadline. I've got to be there. You're the author of everything. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did due diligence. I tried my best. I made a mistake. I asked for your grace and your mercy. Mm-hmm. And I asked that you give me a peace that you're in control of all things. I trust you for provision. You say you have not because you ask not. And I'm, I'm focusing on his word, which is true. And I lay it out. And a peace comes over me. And I start driving. I'm 101, got to go to the 405. And you know the crush there, 101, oh, yeah. 405. It's a nightmare. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming up to it. It, it says on the, on the screen, you know, dark red. Yeah. Like, good luck. <laughs> yeah. And, and the time is telling me I'm not going to make it there, right. you know, in, in enough time to go through security. And I start to panic a little bit. Like the anxiousness comes in. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. Bible says, hold every thought captive to the mind of Christ. Let them, you know, and, and, I, and cast your cares on me for I care for you. And I just said, you know, Lord, I'm getting anxious on this one. I already gave that to you. You take that back. And I just started, I said, Lord, would you give me something that I would dwell on that, that would take my mind off of this? And I started reflecting on a, on a couple of things the Lord had given me. And by the time I get to the 101-405, it's completely open. It's almost like Moses parting the Red Sea. It was the quickest trip I've ever had. I got to the airport was still an hour to go before departure. Oh my gosh. Plus or minus five minutes. Yeah. And I didn't rush. I didn't run. I wasn't panicked. It's almost like God held time for you. Exactly. That was and, and people say, well, God doesn't do that. Yes, he does. Yeah, he does. He does 
all kinds of things like yeah. that. And it's, it's a little thing like getting to an airport. Right. But it's this continual communication. And when we have Dave, had Dave Eubank on the program, and he's in the middle of a firefight in, you know, the Middle East. And his family's there, and he's got bullets whizzing by him. It's the moment. Mm-hmm. And everything is a conversation with the Lord. Yeah. Is that... Is that a fair enough illustration? It's a good illustration. And um, God can do anything. Anything. He's not bound by time. We are. He can actually go into our pasts and change things in us. Yeah. He can go into our future. He's not bound by time. And yeah, we need to... You know, we have this obsession sometimes in churches with learning about God. But do we really know him? Yeah. I think, you know, as believers in the Western world, we need to know God and we need to know that we know him. I was saved as a young girl um, putting my horses away and an angel came to me. I remember and my you, brother. you said that in our last... Yeah. So for me... The supernatural, God is supernatural. He's a spirit. And a kid, it's easy for a kid to believe. It really happened. There, it wasn't made up. It really happened. It changed our world. And um, maybe, I mean, the Lord has allowed me to see, um, he was a, he, I was mentored by an African pastor who was um, dedicated to Satan as a kid. And he taught me a lot about the demonic realm and how it functions. And even here in the U.S., he would take me to places and he would show me, you know, which tribe certain things are, have been made from. And then what they do, they put spells on things. Yeah. And even the witches here in this country, they do it all the time. Yeah. You know, it, you know it's, it's so real. As believers, we have a mandate from God by the power of the Holy Spirit in us to hold back darkness on this earth. And the, the Bible says that the, the Holy Spirit, so you have the trichotomy of, of, of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And, and for those of you who are kind of new to Christendom, it, it, it's what we call the Trinity. You, you won't find the word Trinity in the Bible, but you will see the depiction of a monotheistic God defining himself as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, in the expansive scripture, and we have modalism where people think God is only one of those at a time, but, but Orthodox Christianity declares that he's one God, but three persons. And, and look, I can't explain it. And if I could, God would only be as big as my small brain. And he, trust me, that wouldn't be worth worshiping. <laughs> but we do see Jesus speaking to the Father and the Father speaking to the Son we see the Holy Spirit present. We know the Holy Spirit isn't a power or a force. The Holy Spirit's a person. It's, he's the Spirit of Christ. You, you can't grieve a force. You can't lie to a force. The Holy Spirit's a person. So, and he's, he's probably the most misunderstood person of the Trinity. And, and yet he's the one who Jesus said, I, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to, to give, give you an endowment of power. And he gives his spirit, the Spirit of Christ, mm-hmm. which is... You have a supernatural task to deal with super, and you're granted supernatural power. Mm-hmm. But we, we, we don't go there. We, we love the word. We love to rightly divide it. We love to believe it, and we do. 
and we love to talk about Jesus and his death on the cross and his his atonement for our sins. But then when it comes to stepping into a world that is inundated with possession, and when I say possession, it's principalities and powers, whether that be a realm of drug use, whether it be a realm of media that manipulates you, whatever it is, it's something taking authority over God right. and, and possessing people so that they're not operating in the capacity for which God intended. Right. And then you have this discerning ability with the, with the Holy Spirit in your life to operate in that capacity. Um, and I mean, without the Holy Spirit, we, can, we can't even really repent. It is the Spirit in us. Yeah, he brings conviction he of sin. He brings conviction. He brings the peace. He brings the, the knowledge and the giftings. And um, we need the Holy Spirit. And the thing is, is you can talk about the Holy Spirit. You can teach yeah. about the Holy Spirit. You can be around a bunch of people who are filled with the Spirit. And you can be around miracles and signs and wonders. But... Until you experience it yourself, yeah. you don't know. My, my, my experience with the third person of the Trinity has not been signs and wonders, speaking in tongues, the, 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 the typical thing you're going to see in, in maybe the charismatic side of, of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. That, that, that hasn't been my experience. As a matter of fact, it's almost been, uh, I, I've almost been turned off by that. Yeah. Because of my early experience at Tulane University, having a minister pray for me, I didn't know a thing about the Bible. And the man's saying, you know, pray in tongues. And, he's, right, and, right. and I, it was just bizarre. Uh, not to dismiss my charismatic brothers and sisters. That's just my own experience when I was young mm-hmm. in the faith. But my, pro, my most profound experience with the Holy Spirit are, are, are moments, uh, I'll give you one, for example. The Bible says, if we being earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And it's a grace gift. You ask him, he gives you. And, and I always liked that because it was attainable for me. I, I, could, I could process that. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. So when I go into a situation that I don't have a clue on, and I'm way over my head, I just say, Lord, would you give me your Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Mm-hmm. Because not only are you a restrainer of evil, not only do you bring wisdom, not only do you come alongside and, and that you lead us into all truth, you, you provide and, and you yeah. equip. So would you do that for me right now? And I just simply ask. Here, here's it, one of the coolest moments of my life. Um, a, a woman, I, I was on staff in San Jose. I'm walking through the foyer in a weekday. The church is basically closed. We, the offices are open. And I see a woman wandering. It's a large church. She's wandering, and she seems kind of lost. Mm-hmm. So I approach her, and I say, is everything okay? And she's holding a newspaper and gripping it, and she's been crying. And I said, dear, what's, what's, what's wrong? And she said, I need to talk to a pastor. I said, well, I'm here. What, what can I do? And she opens up the paper, and it's just wrinkled. She's been holding it with a death grip. And it's, a, and it's uh, an article that these men were acquitted uh, on a technicality from a murder where a, a young lady had been raped and murdered, rolled up in a carpet, doused with gasoline and lit on fire. And these three men did it, but on a technicality they were released. And she said, that was my daughter. 
Hmm. Now, I don't have a clue what to do here. Right. I, I'm, I'm across from a woman whose grief is beyond the in, in entirety of my life experience combined doesn't equal what she's facing. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what to say. Did you just start crying? I, well, the first thing I, oh I it just, just before <laughs> like, the Lord, as I always, I just said, God, ooh. please help me. Yeah. Holy Spirit, fill me. Mm-hmm. And, and use me as an instrument. Show me what to do. And the first words that came out of my mouth is I said, in man's court on this earth, there won't be justice, but there will be in heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I'm here to make sure you don't live in a, in a prison of unforgiveness. Right. Oh. Mm. And, I, and I prayed with her and she was, and, and then there was a breakthrough for her. She called me and she said, would you officiate the funeral with the remains of my daughter? We're going to bury her at sea, uh, ashes. I said, yes, I'd be happy to. We get to Santa Cruz. It's a terrible day, small craft warnings. She's got a sailboat, and her daughter hung around with a pretty seedy crowd. And there's some inner city folks on that. Uh, they'd never been on a boat before, suffice it to say. And, and there's me and the mom and the crowd that was friends of the daughter. And we head out. And the, and the captain says, look, we're going to get out just to the marker where it's legal to drop the ashes. We got to get back in. It's crazy out there. Yes, sir. We got there. It is just chaotic. Everyone's throwing up. The mother's doing fine. I'm doing fine. I got sea legs and everybody's sick and the wind and the rain is coming. And we get out there and she just said, I, I wish God would give me a sign that I'm going to be okay. And I said, well, let's ask him. So I prayed with her and I said, Lord, would, would, I prayed with her, I said, Lord, would you give her a sign? You're you're bigger than all of this. Her heart's breaking. Let her know Mm -hmm. that you love her and everything's gonna be fine. We prayed. Captain says, time to do it. We get out there. I mean, the boat's doing this and it calms. I kid you not, the the clouds open up, the, the sun shines down as they're throwing the roses and the ashes on the spot where the ashes are. That's amazing. That I'm not... She's holding me and she can't let go, just clinging to me. Mm-hmm. And everyone's looking and looking at the rays coming down right on the spot where the roses are. And the captain's pretty amazed. And then a whale flukes and like just touches the <laughs> roses. And, and she's just standing like, what, what, how? What she's just stop. stunned and I'm stunned. I don't even know what to say. And the captain goes, I've never seen this. And then we came back in and, and, that, and, and she just, a peace came over that's the Holy Spirit. Totally. You got yeah. bigger stories. That's the only one I had. That's a great story. Wow. I'm not supposed to be telling, you're the guest. <laughs> I love talking to you. I love talking to you. Wow. Make me you, talk about this stuff. This is so, I got three good. Uh, you've got some of the best good, Rob McCoy oh, stories out there. amazing. But tell me. Tell, what an amazing story. Wow. That's my, that's my simplistic understanding. And of course, you've, you've had to rely on the Holy Spirit in far more intense situations. My life wasn't threatened. I wasn't scared sure. of that. I was just confused. I just didn't know what to do. Tell me. But to your point, the Holy Spirit is given to us for service. Yeah. It's given to us to give away. There so a lot of people in churches are in beautiful churches like this, and they want this anointing as they're sitting in church worshiping God, which 
Okay. They want to they feel something. They want to feel something. Mm. And that's mm -hmm. not what, how God intended us to live, right? He, mm. he, he intended to fill us with the Spirit so that we could serve. It's, yeah, equipping. So that it's an equipping. It's, and so... Explain that. That's a great one. The other name for the Holy Spirit, paraclete, mm -hmm. where you get the word parallel lines. Paraclete, the comforter, the one who comes alongside. And he comes alongside to serve For and to purpose. comfort the hurting yeah. and to bind up the wounds. Yeah. So if he empowers you, I love that you said that. I've never heard it described that way. Yeah. So I too had an experience <clears throat> like you when I, I didn't, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't know the Bible. <clears throat> I didn't grow up in church. And s someone had invited me to, and it was a, a Pentecostal church and they're all speaking in tongues and I'm freaking out in the back going, what is this? <laughs> you know? Um, and they said, oh, you can have it. We'll just pray for you two seconds and we'll, you can have it. And they sort of, you know, tried praying. Nothing happened for me. I always have a problem when people refer to the Holy Spirit as it. Yeah. He's, right? a per, he's a person. It's a real person. When you say it, you, you've got a theological misunderstanding right. of the third person That's of the Trinity. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Sorry. So years later, years later, at when I was 20, 23 and had an experience with the Lord and started to study the Bible and really learn about who Jesus was to me and how did my life, how was my life changed by him? Um, I got a call from my baby brother and he had... Um, he was having a, a problem. Mm. He had had some encounters with the demonic and wanted me to pray. So he's like, can you fly down to California and come pray for me? Well, at that point, I was filled with the Holy Spirit for salvation, but I wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit endowed with a power for service. Yeah. The night before I flew down there, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I was in my office just praying. And all of a sudden, I started praying in a beautiful language that God gave me. And I was so excited. I didn't want to stop. I'm like, gosh, if I stop, then it'll go away. And it was so not like that. It was completely in control. It was a way that I was worshiping and speaking to the Spirit of God through a, a spiritual language. And Paul said he spoke in tongues more than anybody. Yeah. Because what, it, what do you do when you're doing that? You're actually encouraging your spirit. You're encouraging yourself. And as believers, we need to do that. Just like a little kid, a baby. Some children, some babies, they can't um, pacify themselves. They need so much so much pacifying, or we train them that they need so much pacifying. But really, as human beings, we're supposed to be able to take care of ourselves, carry, you know, carry our own load in the day. We need to know how to, to take care of our hearts, our yeah. souls. And so, um, yeah, he, he filled me so that I could encourage myself. And then when I went to, to pray for my brother and actually did a deliverance. I was able, to, I didn't know what to pray, but you can pray in a spiritual language because God knows what to pray. Yeah. When you don't know and you don't have words, because look, words are powerful. Words have the power of life or death. We have to be careful what we say 
how we say it, when we say things, because it does have power. Yeah. And um, so does our spiritual language. Yeah. It has power to encourage our spirit. And the spirit, when you're, when you're getting life from the Holy Spirit, it's from spirit to spirit. It's not, all, it's not from spirit to your brain, right? It's from your spirit to your spirit. Right. The, the, the scripture says that you don't know what you ought to pray for. Mm-hmm. And the spirit makes intercession with groanings that are too deep for words. Right. So for example, if a realm is opened up to you that is not where you reside and, and you're, you observe things you don't even know how to explain, right. there's not even words in your language to describe what, what this is. Mm-hmm. And, and w- when you're in that connection, that you're a vessel. So it's almost like there's just a download of his presence exactly. ministering. And I know that, that prayer language, it, it's, it's not one that I, I publicly express. It's not one I talk to people about. It, it's kind of just me and the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and it goes beyond your, your English language words. It's a heart cry. I mean, there's times in our lives where things are so challenging and difficult that, I mean, there's times where... My only prayer is Jesus, mm-hmm. or my only prayer is groanings mm-hmm. from inside. And we all go through those times where, you know, things are unexplainable. But we, it's pretty easy to understand that we were all created that way, and yeah. we've all done it, right? We've all done it. There's times where we're so broken and so in need of God's presence and God's peace that we, there are no words and we know that he knows that we're just there and he's with us. Yeah. And since he is the spirit of Christ and, and his presence brings a peace that surpasses all understanding. There's no, I, I, I run into people as I've been traveling the last couple of weeks and they, whether I was in Charlotte or Lynchburg or San Marcos or wherever I was, mm-hmm. people come up and say, I'm praying for you. Which is first of all, shocking that people across the country are saying they yeah. know me and they're praying for me. But I can, I can clearly look at them and say, and, and that David knows this, mm-hmm. I've never been busier and under more pressure, and I've never had more peace. Mm-hmm. And it's a direct correlation with prayer because it, it's the, the greatest form of prayer is intercessory prayer. Mm-hmm. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, ever living to make intercession for us. The Holy Spirit is his, his agent on the right. earth. He doesn't lead us into temptation. He delivers us. And, and that's that intercessory prayer that God keeps mm-hmm. us in that stride that we're grateful for. That's what happens when we pray for our loved ones, when we pray for our enemies, mm-hmm. when we pray for our leaders. It's the power of prayer. It I, I, I want to get into that, but I wanted to show everybody. Uh, and and this, this was a very simple illustration. Uh, let's just say that that's you. You're just a little cap, a little gnat on the butt of an elephant in the span of humanity. <laughs> and the Bible says, and when it describes our interaction with the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, there's three prepositions in the Greek that you find, and I, I won't do all the chapter and verse, but I can do it more in depth study. I'm just going to give you a real quick flyover. The three prepositions in the, in the Greek for our relationship with the Holy Spirit, first of all, it, it says para, that the Holy Spirit is, 
is para, alongside. He's with all mankind. He's the restrainer of evil. He's the one that leads us into all truth. He's the spirit of Christ. And he's alongside all men. And he's bringing conviction of sin. He's like the Jiminy Cricket. Now you can stifle that and shun it. And that's what they call... um, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, where you just reject him speaking to you because creation speaks of the glory of God. His word speaks of God's glory. Uh, Jesus historically has depicted salvation and all of it is there. And the Holy Spirit is bringing it to remembrance. And if you have denied the, the Father and you've denied the Son and the Holy Spirit through the entirety of your life is speaking to you and trying to get your attention in all these different places, he's with you. Now, your life comes to a place where I don't want to be in bondage anymore. Help me, God. Right. And, and, and you call on the name of the Lord. The Bible says you will be saved. And the idea of saved is the trichotomy is reestablished. Yeah, you've got a mind and you've got a body. But Lord, would you fill me with your spirit? That I, I would be in accordance with your will. That your spirit would dictate to my mind what my body's to do. That I would be a servant of good. And I would, I would be used to set captives free. And so when you pray that prayer... The Holy Spirit, whoa, I don't want to <laughs> drop catch. you here. But the Holy Spirit comes into your life and fills you just like that. And there you are, filled with the presence of God. And then you got those instances where you got to go drive and pray for your brother up or down south. You were up north. You've got those instances where a woman comes into the church whose daughter's just been murdered. You've got those instances where you don't know what to do but you want to serve. You want to be an instrument for good. And you pray. And, and when he comes in you, the preposition is, is in, E-N, N. And then the third preposition, which is the coolest one, is epi. It means upon. Uh, from your innermost being will flow torrents of living water. The idea is the Holy Spirit just comes upon you. And what happens is not only are you filled but it just saturates to everyone around you and you get it on people like that. I'm sorry, that was rude. But, but it, it touches lives. It touches lives. He, he, comes, up, he comes upon you and, it, and he just touches lives in the entirety of the community. You become an instrument of righteousness. And so, um, I don't know. That, that has to give you. away. It, it is, I love this picture. This is so great yeah. because it, it fills us, and you know that He fills us. He fills us. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. He fills us, and uh, you know that you're filled, and it, it is to give away. It is so that it can jump over. But, I mean, we're all atmosphere carriers. Yeah. When you, when you, somebody walks into a room, it creates an atmosphere. Music creates an atmosphere. Everything that we do will create an atmosphere, so... Um, We've got uh, we've got about eighteen minutes. Yeah, I, wanted, I was, I was gonna, the one thing I was at a Casting Crowns concert, and this reminds me of your story. And he's there, and he's in a situation like yours with the lady, and he's just like, "On what do I say?" And he said, "Sometimes you just need to get yourself out of the way and allow God to do the speaking." And I thought that was just a. a because our brain's going to go, do this, do this, do this. And it's like, just get out of the way. Let God do the speaking. I, I want to re- talk about one other thing and jump on this. Is, and I had the look. So July 25th is when you did that urgent update with 53,000 
hits. And we had Sunday, what, the next day, I guess. And so I walked into Rob's office. I'm going, 53,000 hits. And I think we were, we were shooting for 2,000 subscribers. So we were getting big, you know. And I was, I was overwhelmed with the peace that Rob had. Yeah. And I, I was so, you know, because Terry Schroeder and I have talked about this a lot, about how you know you're in the right place because God is speaking to you. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And that, to me, sitting in there in the office, I think it was the two of us or maybe Bob was there with us. And he was at peace. So we're going from him speaking to 400 people to that day, 33,000 people watched that sermon. And he was more at peace than the five, six years I've known Rob. And to me, that was knowing that we, Rob, was an example of being filled in a place of, that could have just as easily taken a turn to right. being in a position of being an ego. I, I got 53,000 people. I'm, I'm big stuff now. So I think that was a, a great story. And I think there is a possibility that um, as a missionary, as a pastor, you could easily take a wrong turn if you're not going in the wrong direct in the right direction. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, I love, everybody. I love the organic side of it though, that when the, when the Lord's doing it, there's no credit for man. Kind of feels yeah. like a third person is. Yeah. Okay, you got to hold that up it. so they yeah. can hear you. Yeah, yeah, it does. It feels like a third person is, is doing it. It's that's, that's where I think it's easy to stay contrite and humble because you know you're not doing it well and the fun part about yeah. it is because you're not doing it you don't have to sustain it yeah it's exhausting yeah. i imagine for people who have to worry about numbers i, I yeah. really it, you could say fifty thousand five hundred. i don't care david yeah. I, really I know don't. i know irrelevant I know. that's part of the story yeah. we're just doing what we're supposed yeah. to do right and exactly. i'm content with it so yeah we're come on we're, we're at a critical <laughs> juncture in the country Evil is, is being, I mean, it's, it's evident now. That, like David said at the beginning, the gray area is dissipating. And, and where, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. But you were, I mean, two police officers are shot point blank. The video They're just sitting amazing. in their car. Yeah. And, and, and you're looking at this and cities are burning. Yeah. And the nation is just enraged. And, and churches are closed. And I've, I've never seen a, 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 a Republican National Convention invoke the name of Christ or the unborn defense of the unborn. I've never seen anything like this. There's, there's this expression of Christ and a disdain and it is, it's, it's all out war and everyone is left going, what are you going to do? And you said it. You said they have to make a decision. I, I, tell me how you came to that. I was reading the Bible. I was reading the word. I'm in Revelations. And I've been aware of this for since 1977. The progression of where we're headed and the sleepiness of Americans in the Western world and the youth. Were, I mean, the Bible talks about we're lovers of entertainment and lovers of ourselves. Lovers of pleasure, yeah. Lovers of pleasure. And... Um, 
Even the elect will be deceived. If. If. It was possible. No. But I see now, I'm, now I'm, I'm thinking, oh no. Satan has, has duped us as a nation to such an extent. It's like, people, you're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to choose which side, who are you going to serve? Which side are you on? There is coming a time, there, it, you have to choose. You will have to choose. And the thing is, we have been given all power and all authority. Instead of arguing, let's pray. Let's take our mouths and use it to bring truth. I pray every day for our nation. I pray every Monday morning at 9 o'clock for the city of L.A., and for California, and it's like, wake us up, Lord. Let us know the truth. Let the truth set us free. Let us do something that is significant today. And every single one of us has someone we need to talk to. Every single one of us has something we need to do. God has, has ordained every single person here, everywhere, to do something significant but are they going to do it? Are we going to fulfill it? My prayer for years has been, Lord, I do not want to die not having done everything you wanted me to do while I was here. I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave your legacy. And he used to always ask me like, Sonia, what kind of girl do you want to be? And I was like, Jesus, I want to be your girl. I I want to die knowing that I've done everything that you've purposed me to do. I don't care who thinks I'm crazy or, you know, what have you. It's like God has, has it for every single one of us. But the key is you have to hear God for yourself. You have to know the voice of God in your own heart, in your own spirit. The Holy Spirit needs to dwell in you and be allowed to fill you. It, and he won't do it if you don't ask. He yeah. won't do it if you don't say he, yes. He's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He won't go where he's not welcome. <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not going to go into great detail, but I get, I get intel uh, of, of what's, what's pending. And as we approach the election, there's a lot of things and chatter in the intelligence services as to forces, both foreign and domestic that are operating. And these are earthly forces with agendas and purposes and things that they want to do. And that November 3rd is going to be unlike any other election in the history of our country. It doesn't matter who wins on election night. There's going to be major issues. Um, because there will be a winner and then there'll be contested and then there'll be a a push for insurrection and, and chaos and, and an an attempt to to, to divide the nation. And it, there's, it's purposeful and they're organized Mm -hmm. and they're ready to roll and they're, they're already doing these things. Absolutely. And there's going to be 50 million new votes. And, and we look at a virus that we'd almost fulfilled 
all six boxes, moves the goalposts, adds it. And the, the latest article, the numbers are so low in California that the governor, I mean, they're, they're, they're lower than they were in June. And he is doubling down in his insanity. Yeah. And, and this, this is an orchestrated political maneuver. Mm-hmm. Everyone sees it. And they're overplaying their hand. A lot of folks are still, but you're starting to get rebellion with the mask. You're watching people go in and force into sprouts and say, arrest me. I mean, come on, this is so stupid. And, and here we're coming up to this critical juncture, November 3rd. I have been so burdened in my mm-hmm. spirit. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, that's the Lord calling me it's it's a prodding that I I'm going to be fasting and praying, uh, and I'm not sure he hasn't given me the the number of days. But typically I've done 15 days at the most, mm-hmm. just a water only fast. But I'm I'm sensing, and, and the only way to do a 15 day water only fast is that the Lord has called you into a 15 yeah. day water. I I love food. Mm-hmm. When I try to do fast on my own. I'll walk to the refrigerator every three minutes. Just, you know, it's like, oh, you, oh, come here. You know, that's, it's not good. It, it doesn't do anything spiritually for me. But when I'm, I'm called into that fast, it is the most remarkable attuning of being an instrument with, with what God wants to do and praying specifically in that capacity. So you understand this world and maybe encourage folks as we're approaching this seminal event in the history of our nation. How would you approach it? Give some insight on that. How would I approach it? Wow. I would approach it with very soberly. We're in a, we're in a, a fork in the road and we're going to go one way or another. This election could change us forever, right? It will. It will it, change it us will. forever, one way or the other. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I would encourage people to get on their knees, to honestly shut off the phone, the computers, the television. The, the window into hell in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. Because you're getting fed a truth that all these different truths and a lot you're, you're of it getting is fed a narrative. Be careful narrative. with the truth. Yeah. Well, I was going to say truth. Yeah. all different types of false truths, but people believe what they see on television. You yeah. know, yeah. so honestly, you guys, it's a time where we need to shut out the voices, all the voices for me to hear God. It, it, and what Jesus did too, he would go into a quiet place. Yeah, go to a solitary place solitary and commune place, with the Father. And you have to shut out all the voices and you have to get, get alone and get quiet and get the word of God to your heart. Get the word of God and, st- and listen to for your marching orders because we all have them. And I would really like to propose that everyone is serious about getting their own marching orders. Yeah. And then be obedient. Because if you're obedient to those marching orders, God is going to move on your behalf. Amen. Yeah. He's done it. We have all the, the whole Bible is full of it. And uh, I, I was going to add is that one of our guests said it before, 
Trump is not our savior. This election isn't our savior. Just this is a pivotal point. It's a pivotal point to remind us that as Christians, we need to always be doing this. We always need to be on our knees and fasting and praying for our country to follow Christ. So Mm -hmm. the election doesn't elect somebody that's going to, you've said it in a different way, you know, uh, you know, Trump's not riding on a white horse to save our country. No, our, You've our, said sal- it. our salvation's not coming on Air Force One. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. So I think that uh, we have to realize God's looking at us to say, what are you going to do? Not as what is he going to do, but what, what are, are we yeah. going to do? So I think that we need to pray for the election, but it's not going to be our, our savior. Now you have, you, have, you have ideological forces in opposition to each other. One is man's government an mm-hmm. oligarchy and the mm-hmm. other is an understanding of the sinful nature of man separated powers three branches mm-hmm. uh, a republic bottom up so that the, there there's not mobocracy where the, mm-hmm. the the you know the majority can vote to to kill another group of people mm-hmm. it is a republic mm-hmm. and and it also values morality in that they protect the freedom of religion and the freedom of speech. They, they cherish truth. They wanted it preserved. They gave the press the ability to pursue the truth. They gave the pulpits the ability to proclaim the truth. They gave the people the ability to speak the truth. They, they gave the people the ability to protest the government when they're not operating within the confines of the constitution they swore to defend. So these are the two options. We're either gonna embrace what the world has embraced for the 6,000 years of history, which is an oligarchy that ends up in the ash heap of history with death and destruction, or we continue this path of the freest nation the world has ever known with the greatest blessings ever bestowed on any nation the world has ever known, but we have so soon forgotten the God who blessed that nation. And as Alexis de Tocqueville said, America's great because America's good. Mm-hmm. And when America ceases to be good, it will cease to be great. There are people that don't want it great anymore. Mm-hmm. They want this. They want this erased. If the, if the pulpits in America truly believe in freedom and, in, and that Christ comes to set captives free, and yet they don't understand the concept of government, they have to be awakened to it. It wasn't always the case. Yeah. So we need an awakening. We need a revival. It's the only hope for the nation. We've gone through three of them, maybe four, depending on your historical references of it. I think it's time for a new one. Yeah. But there has, as Jade Edwin Orr, the foremost historian on revival said, there's never been an awakening or a revival that wasn't first bathed in prayer. Yeah. And we love to talk about prayer, but we don't do it. Yep. You were going to... No, I was going to say to all of you who are out there watching and listening, God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you to speak up, speak out, speak to him, cry out. Let's stop being quiet. Amen. I mean, we have, we have to speak up. It, it just, it, it's so hard to, to watch the good guys sitting and just quietly letting everything pass by. We were in, we, God called us to be warriors of the spirit. He wants us to speak up and and make a difference. And to contend, yeah. 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 Well, uh, we're coming to the top of the hour. Would you, would you pray 
for all of us. I would love to. I'd be blessed by that. <laughs> Go for it. Thank you so much for having, oh. having me and for our discussion. This has been so nice. We'll have you again because people like you. <laughs> <laughs> Please pray. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God, that you are the only way, the truth, and the life. Lord, that all of us are going to live somewhere. I pray that we all choose to live with you. Amen. Lord, I pray, God, that you would stir up the gifts, stir up the hearts. I mean, bring that spirit into um, the hearts of all of us, Lord, everyone who's watching, that they may know the truth and that they would have a, a fire that burns inside to pray, to make a difference. Yes. God, show us what to speak. Let our words be spoken into the atmosphere to change things, to make a difference. Yes, God. Forgive us, Lord, for being complacent, for being lazy, for not feeling like our lives really matter in this, in this, in this time in history. Mm. I pray, God, you would wake up the children, wake up the young yes, generation, let them pray, let them um, speak their minds, let them speak their hearts to you, Father, and hear yes, the Lord. truth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're going to do yes, God. in and through us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Wow. A lovely night. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was amazing. And, and Mr. One Degree of Separation, thanks for connecting. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. If you want it done, call David Glinky. <laughs> <laughs> the difficult done immediately, the impossible by appointment only. David Glinky. <laughs> Well, let me, uh, let me bless you all tonight uh, as we read traditionally from number six. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And may he be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace. Amen. If, if any man lacks wisdom, all he need but do is ask of God. Prayer is real simple. It's talking to God. But don't forget who you're talking to. And everything you need, he has. You have not because you ask not. The Lord says, call on me. I'll show you great and mighty things you know not of. He's a wonderful friend, but he's a great God. And he is a terrific and very effective savior. So call upon his name and you will be saved. And the spirit will fill you, equip you and bless you. And you'll be an instrument to set the captives free. So may the Lord bless you in that capacity. Pray, talk to him. All right, we'll see you tomorrow night, everybody. Good night.